What's up, guys? Welcome to Loud and Proud Orlando. It's Monday, May, uh, March the 6th, 8.45 p.m. So thank you so much for being live right now. We're about 11 people live. Thank you for your support. Uh, my apologies for being late. It's just we have some technical difficulties, but uh, we were able to uh, overcome them. So thank you for being with us. We are on the dawns of possibly making history. Um, Orlando City will face Tigres de la Universidad Nacional Autónoma de Nuevo León. No, Universidad Autónoma de Nuevo León. Uh, UANL. Tigres. Lions versus Tigers. Who roars? <laughs> Who roars? <laughs> Who has the, the most uh, strong roar, right? Is either a, a Tigre or a Lion, right? We'll see. I think um, Orlando has a huge chance today to make a statement not only for the city of Orlando, but also for the entire league. Um, I want to, before we start, I wanted to give thanks to, um, there was a comment uh, on the on YouTube from an Atlanta United fan. Uh, let me go into the actual stream to see it. Um, I'm not able to see it on, on this screen, but it was really interesting what he said. He said, uh, pretty much uh, giving us, um, it, it was giving us kudos, pretty much saying, you know, good thing that you guys qualified. Wish you guys the best, you know, uh, on, on this journey. You know, um, I wish we could have been there, but uh, we're going to be rooting for you. Despite us being Atlanta fans, we're going to be rooting for you. So I wanted to congratulate that um, that gentleman uh, that left that comment. Uh, I didn't see his name. Uh, I should have write it down but uh, thank you so much for that definitely uh we're representing the league it's a huge step for orlando city and i know that they just arrived and they're ready to go uh abdi salim uh, when we asked him about the the concacaf champions league he said he's excited to start he's excited to 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 get ready for you know to to face um tough competition and uh we're going to talk about what happened in Cincinnati first, uh, and then we're going to read your comments. So drop us a comment. Drop us a like. Thank you so much for being live with us. Uh, um, John, how are you, my friend? Doing good, buddy, and excited for uh, what is a very historical week for everybody and uh, around the there club. There you go. It's going uh, to be huge. Excellent. Uh, Paola, how are you? Happy Monday. I'm excited to be, as always, here every uh, Monday. Tomorrow is going to be history. I took the day off on Wednesday. I'm just kidding. I need to work. I will be sleepy. But um, tomorrow is a big day for Orlando City, and it's a big um, statement that the league will have in, in Monterrey. So hopefully uh, we're sending positive vibe to the team. Definitely. Um, and let's read some comments before we start. Uh, and then uh, we'll go to the first topic, which is going to be Cincinnati. Daniel Phillips says, no one's talking about the two chances we had in the 10th. Uh, Dagger sends a perfect cross, but Kara stopped his run at the spot. Then on the corner, Kara only missed by a foot. That goal changes the game. That's right. Uh, you're right there. How you doing, my friend? Daniel Phillips. Etromic, I love that cross. I meant to rewatch to see why no one was in the box. <laughs> That's well, true. Urgent should have been there. 
Urgent would have, yeah. Faku tried, but he was blocked. Yeah. Faku so, tried, tried. I mean, we can definitely right now go into the hate onto Kara on Tesha mode, right? And just completely <laughs> destroy Kara. But we're not going to do that. I think, um, you know, maybe, maybe, what, what if Kara scores a brace tomorrow? That will be fantastic, Luis. I mean, that will change things, right? Yep. Right. So, what? What are? What are other? What, what are fans going to say about that then? Oh, Kara! I always knew you, Kara. I, I always knew what you. Thank you, thank you, Kara. Thank you. Please pull down your pants. Let me. Oh, you see what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, right? No, you know, right. So, I mean, if Kara gives us the win tomorrow. You know, he he puts himself in the level of like a detrimental striker, which is what you hired him to do, right? I mean, uh, Daniel Phillips, Kara was expecting, Kara was expecting him to send it back to the penalty spot, but Dagger was marked by his defender, so he couldn't cut it back. That's right. Dagger Dan was uh, definitely uh, quite a game changer yesterday. Uh, well, last game um, against Cincinnati. But it, it turned to be a very choppy game um, for for parts of the game. Uh, I just felt it was very choppy. Uh, obviously, there was a lot of resting. You know, there rested a lot of players, a 3-4-2-1 formation. Um, I was first intrigued to see what Abdi Salim was all about. Uh, that was my first thing, uh, his first start for MLS. And then I wanted to see what Tonga Gonzalez was going to do, uh, Gaston Gonzalez was going to do with Faku on the other end. And uh, I was impressed by Abdi. I think uh, Gaston is getting used to the league still. He had a lot of bright spots, but Abdi Salim was, I mean, the kid looks like he, he's been playing MLS <laughs> like the past four seasons in MLS. Like, it was impressive. Um, I, and I want to say Brenner in South America is very well respected. So he's he, he's been one of the top prospects in South America three seasons, two seasons ago. Uh, everybody was flaunted, and everybody was surprised how he signed to FC Cincinnati. Uh, everybody's saying for the money, you know, gringos taking our players away, you know. But, you know, Brenner woke up, like, out of his lumber, and he's been scoring a lot of goals, being very detrimental for his team. He couldn't go past Abdi Salim. He actually, Abdi, single-handedly destroyed the connection between Barreal and Brenner. Just him, just the kid. It was impressive. I don't know. How do you see that there, um, John? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's awesome. It's, I think it's great when a defender of his age shows so much maturity so fast. Like, often we don't see that. Like, Thomas Williams last year got a few starts, and you could kind of see that maybe he was a little bit out of his depth at times, whereas Abdi this year is getting those similar kind of situation where he's getting some starts, and he looks very comfortable. And that's something that we want to, you know, I think is great. When I was looking at that back line, I was a little bit concerned on the lineup, and I thought, yeah, we're resting guys, but when, you know, You've got Kyle Smith playing left back, and yes, he can do a job there, but is it ideal? No. And then you've got – really, Mikey is the only nailed-on starter who is in that back line, if you ask me. So the fact that they held a clean sheet against Cincy 
is really impressive. I think that Schlegel obviously had a much improved game from his first game. And Salim looked really comfortable next to him. Um, so the, the back line really impressed me. Like I said, I was a little bit concerned, but a draw and a, you know, keeping Brenner and that attack of Lucho Brenner and Bradley Vasquez out of the goal is a, an achievement that I would be happy that our first team of the back line did. So the fact that the, you know, somewhat quote unquote second back line were able to do that is really shows that we've got that depth going forward that we're going to need because there's, you know, a lot of games in all the competitions. This year. No, that's right. Um, what were your um, first impressions out of this game out of Cincinnati, Paula? First of all, uh, hi to Danny Phillips. He say hi to me on not this last game on the home opener. So I appreciate that, that you say hi. Uh, my impressions were like you. It was choppy. I was impressed by Abid Salim. It reminded me of Kamal Miller. has a similar uh, style, and they come from the same system, Syracuse. I so the exact same thing. That's so funny. It was like a copy and paste. Like when Kamal Miller started, it was like, looking at him in the field so and i was impressed because brenner had not brenner vasquez had had a lot of chances to score against us and there was a cross from lucho acosta that he did he was just he needed just to reach out with the with his foot and it was it was gonna be a goal thank god jensen was there smith was a little bit in the in the corner but jensen was the one who stopped him so um, sad that we couldn't see goals, but is is well understand when when I saw that that um lineup, I'm like we're going for a win on Tuesday, and I thought that it was not like that. To be honest, my expectations for for tomorrow were okay. Let's play, but we're gonna make a statement tomorrow, and hopefully, with the sacrifice two points that we left in the field that on last Saturday we can get three points tomorrow. So the let's thing see. I would say is like, if I looked at that on the calendar of the year and I was mapping out, you know, three points from this game, one point from this game, I would have put that game down to Cincy as a draw anyway. I think it could have been a 2-2, a 1-1, a nil-nil. But the fact that we got the one point with still being able to rest yep. guys kind of shows like, is – is that really intelligent from Papi? Like, is that a really, really smart move that he's done there? Has he done that intentionally and has paid off? Or have we left two points on the table that I think different fans will look at it differently? Yeah. Well, I personally, based on the type of players uh, Cincinnati has, I believe that it's a great result for Orlando. Um, I mean, you're talking about, I mean, this was a perfect game for uh, well, they people call a poppy special, so you know uh, it was a perfect opportunity, and I think in the end he tried to do that. Uh, you know he he tried it. He definitely tried to do that. Uh, I would taking have loved to have stolen a poppy special at the end. That right, great. right. Now that would have been fantastic. Uh, um, you know, but I do want to say, you know, um, this guy right here, he definitely was impressive. Also. One of his best games I've seen with Orlando City, uh, Wheeler Cartagena, he definitely stepped up uh, to be that player that everyone wants to see. A great um, substitution for Cesar Araujo. I think um, no one really missed Araujo uh, until, obviously, he came in. 
but no one missed him. Uh, I think he did a fantastic job, too, uh, recouping the ball, trying to go into the attack. Uh, very precise. Uh, and look, this is his stats. This is his uh, heat map, right? So he was all over in the middle, right? This is where you want him to be, especially on the left side. 88% uh, of passes were completed, 100% um, of dribbles, 50% uh, of long balls completed. So, I mean, uh, for, for his position, I think he did a, a phenomenal, phenomenal game. Um, and definitely the, the tactics that Pareja used to have him um, right there against FC Cincinnati and have Abdi Salim there, he says a lot of the, you know, a lot of players now having Cartagena playing at this level and maybe having Abdi playing at that level are going to actually be well-rested. So if a center back... Or let's say Kyle Smith. He also had a phenomenal game, Kyle Smith. I mean, Kyle Smith was amazing. So defensively, I think Orlando, without AC, uh, he they did very well. Um, and that definitely was what impressed me the most out of this Orlando City team. I don't know what were your thoughts uh, about that, um, uh, John. Yeah, I mean, I think defensively we're looking strong at the beginning of the season i think offensively i'm a little bit worried you know we, we've seen two great games the only goal we've scored is from a pk you know we, we haven't seen an open play goal from a Hayden or a torres yet so the beginning of the season usually that's not really a problem right you can be like okay our guys aren't quite firing yet they're a little bit out of form we can take our time the problem we have is we have this game tomorrow against tigres when we need to be on scoring form so the fact that torres and ojeda haven't scored yet doesn't fill me with confidence that they're going to be able to score against a top mexican side like tigres so that is a little bit of a downer we can also talk about cara till you know all day long i think there's you know issues there with the way that we're trying to play and the style of player that he is. Um, but I don't want to, you know, I don't want everybody to get our cars back. He's, he's still our player. We want to get behind him. We want to give him, you know, the praise and the support he needs to go out and score some goals. Uh, the other thing that I thought that was really interesting was that we went to the three at the back. And I kind of mentioned this on the last podcast. Um, and we saw in preseason, so we actually went ahead and played the three center backs with two wing backs to match up directly against Cincy's same lineup. So that shows the versatility that we can move to that system. And I think that's really great. Um, anytime we play a team, I presume now the Papi is going to go ahead and switch to that system. So those are all a lot of positive things. I think the main downer for me, just being that we, we, didn't, we didn't score a goal and we still look a little bit disjointed in the attack that's right um well our guest is having some issues but i'm trying to fix the situation right now uh let's read some comments this is brethren philbrick i'm glad papi made some early subs that is one thing that frustrated me a lot last year when they were in the 70 80 and even 80 m i agree with you and um it tells you the level of players that we're actually getting. I mean, the, the subs are actually working. Dagger Dan, Abdi Salim as a backup, Rodrigo Schlegel not really killing killing us, right? Uh, retreating back, he's getting a little much better, a better impressions now, I would say. 
Kyle Smith being Kyle Smith, always reliable, always there, always available, always always ready to defend. <laughs> you know, and talking about Kyle Smith, um, he had um, three out of three tackles. He won all three. Uh, one interception, which was a very key interception. He, by himself, Santos was non-existent. Uh, Santos was non-existent. You know, when, when, when it was Kyle Smith right there. Now you're talking about Santos being a player that is a seasoned player, and look at Kyle Smith. He comes from USL. Um, so look at look at the the improvement he has had within the Orlando City system as a player, right? So that is phenomenal. And uh, let's read some more comments. Mikey make Barrial look silly. That's right. Uh, I agree with you. He's uh, says that that's another player that's growing tremendously. Uh, VW Hutch, what do you think of Puppy's new look? He ditched his tracksuit and he's looking like Pep Guardiola. That's right. You know, if it, if it makes him happy, right? You know, as long as he, as long as, as long as we don't lose at home, that's all I care about. I don't know what you guys think about Puppy's I, new look. I think Paola, for Orlando, Paola. it's uh, it's called the Adrian Heath, you know. Because that's, that's what he used to do. Listen, I was talking to one of my uh, peers from beach tennis that I play with him. He's a, he's a new season ticket member. And I asked him, hey, do you like the game? He's like, hey, I take the point. And he, that was his second game. Like, he was excited. So I take it, too. Like, new members are coming into the stadium. They're liking what they're seeing. Um, and, we, I mean... The defense was holding it up, and I take it. Like, whatever we we have to do to fill up the stadium little by little, I take anything. So, We are about 20 people live. Thank you so much for your support. I appreciate it. We all appreciate it here a lot and proud. Drop us a like um, and leave your comments. We'll read all of you. Thank you so much. Um, our guest will be joining audio form because he's not able to join the stream. But I'm setting that up right now as we speak. He's going to be on speakerphone. Uh, let's read some more comments. It says, hi, Paola. Does anyone have a word on the scuffle in the tunnel after the game? Okay, so I have an inside scoop. Uh, Ooh, we of, love those. Of what I think <laughs> it would have occurred. Uh, uh, Santos, you need to stop talking. You need to dye your hair with a normal color of, of, of dye, man. That it looks ridiculous and horrible. And you need to stop trying to f cause fights for no reason. That fight stopped right out of the tunnel. And not only that, like, I, I, I'm not even going to say what players were involved. But as, as the people that were there know what Santos was saying to Galese, was saying to to a lot of the players in the back line. He was trying to talk trash a lot, talk. trash mm -hmm. talk, um, because they beat him the whole night. He was non-existent. So, I mean, that's just Santos. That's why he's not in Philly. All right? That's why he's in Cincinnati and he's not in Philly. Otherwise, Philly would have kept him, right? But they decided not to. Why? There you go. That's your answer. He's dyeing his hair like different freaking colors. It's like Nicki Minaj, right? He's painting his toenails. Like, come on, bro. Like, no one's going to respect. If I'm a player, if I'm like Kyle Smith and I look at him, I, I will not respect him. 
looking like that. I'm sorry. I, I don't care if it's cool, trippy red, whatever, you know, I don't care. I won't respect you. I mean, you've done your hair like a freaking clown. He, he remind me of a snow cone. Yeah. So let's read some more comments. It says Pulpo had near perfect positioning. Yeah. Pedro Galese, you know, obviously, I mean, you expect nothing but him being El Pulpo. And I mean, he delivered in a couple of times um, when Cincinnati was shooting from distance. Really? Now, uh, he has saved us two games in a row. You know, yep. um, we can't we can't rely on El Pulpo saving us every single game. So we got to We got to score some goals. That's right. That's right. And then obviously it was Mauricio Pereira's 100th uh, game also with Orlando City. So they, he was, there's, uh, you know, Musi and, um, you know, they're all there giving him praise. Um, I was not impressed with his first half, I will say. I'll be completely honest with you. I don't know what you guys thought about his performance the first half. I thought he was very unprecise. He was dropping the ball a lot. And uh, it was just one of those games that, he f they found pressure on exploiting his side to create more pressure there and he was just kind of like losing the ball and then Cartagena was doing double duty in my opinion I don't know what were your thoughts regarding Pereira's um, performance uh, John I mean Paul uh, put it in the group text you know he's having a bad game and then what happens second half starts and Poppy takes him out so he saw it too it's, it's weird like there's something going on with this new season with him, whether it's mentally to do with the fact that he's not a DP anymore, or he's changing his role in the club where he's playing a little deeper and he's changing the way he plays, but something's going on where he's missing his passes. And when you're on the field and your whole job is to be the guy who makes the passes, then you're no use to us. So Papi took him out and hopefully he gets it together because when he's, when he's on form, he's a very, very good midfielder in MLS. Like, he could be one of the best. On there you go. But he's a hot and cold guy. So often we have trouble with him just being what I call disappearing for a game. And this kind of seemed like one where he, he kind of disappeared for the game. So Poppy took him out. That's right. And uh, before we uh, welcome our guest, um, I wanted to ask Paola just to end the Cincinnati topic. So, um, obviously, you know, to, if you have to name, you know, Facundo Torres, right? I think they made it difficult for Facundo to, to, to do a lot of damage. I think that was one of the things that uh, Pat Noonan was saying about um, how he was trying to make sure that Facundo doesn't have a lot of gaps, a lot of spaces. Now, uh, do you think uh, other teams have figured out how Facundo plays? Because I feel like they did a very good job neutralizing him on that game. Absolutely. And they were also on top of Gaston. Gaston couldn't like he was trying and I know that he's not in a fit for the game, but they were all over Gaston and the referee didn't even show a yellow card to the other op to the opposite te team. So I think they're figuring out how to how Orlando is moving into the spaces and they're they're gapping us. And Torres is you can see him on the left and then all of a sudden you can see him on the right or in the central. So they did a good job of of keeping Torres out of the um those gaps. So fantastic. So um you know, you can find out all the footage we took uh for the game on our Instagram accounts and our Twitter. 
we have an interview with uh, Gaston Gonzalez. Uh, Abdi Salim was also speaking to us. And then all of the pictures, right? Dagger Dan, fantastic, phenomenal player. I think uh, had a, one of those sprints, you know, that you think, uh, you know, I was like in the press box saying, Messi, Messi, Messi. And then I was like, oh, no, never mind. It's, uh, it's Dagger Dan. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, it was impressive. I think if, if Dagger Dan gets to score, he's going to go, go hot. I don't know what, what, um, John's, uh, opinion on that is. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he looks like the kind of guy that once he gets going, he could be really, really hot and he's going to get some chances. If Mauricio's not in, you know, playing like he did the last few good games, then, Start Dagadam, bring him on the bench, you know, give him those opportunities. He looks like the number one reserve midfielder for us, like the guy who's going to come on for anybody in that, you know, midfield three. And um, uh, to add to that, and then I'll go to Paul and then we'll close Cincinnati and appreciate everyone. Uh, drop us a like. Thank you so much. We're about 18, 19 people live now. Um, look, my opinion if he if Dagoden starts against Tigres and you sit Mauricio and then you put him in in minute 65 I'm 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 sold um cuz I mean one thing that Dagoden has shown he has the stamina and the strength he doesn't fall down quite easy when it comes to contact and Tigres is a team and we'll talk to the expert in in just a little bit um is a team that is going to try to knock you down. Like they're going to try to play the physical game, especially in the mid. Uh, so I don't know. Um, what do you see, Dagger Dan? Um, uh, do you see him uh, still coming off the bench? Do you see maybe Mauricio, you know? I will see more Mauricio starting. Um, and I would love to see that change that you just said because Dagger was amazing on Saturday. Um, but Pereira is going to start and I think Oscar will go with all his weapons. And then if they don't produce, he's going to take them out early. Like we saw on Saturday. Oh, Mauricio, you're not doing the passes because they were horrible. I was like, what, what the heck is that Mauricio playing? That's not normal on Mauricio. So he's going to put either dagger in that position or Wilder is coming in. I don't know. So, all right. I think that's something interesting about this year is we never really had that before where like before right. we didn't have that deep a squad. <laughs> so right. I think he was reluctant to take guys off when they weren't performing because he'd never had a replacement. Whereas now it's like, like you said, yeah, you're not up to it. We'll, we'll... And that's good. You know, fresher legs uh, make, I think it's going to be, you know, for that type of level of, uh, of pressing, um, I think it's in, important. So let's go ahead and uh, introduce our, our guest here. Uh, Josue, how are you, my friend? Good to see you. Uh, been a long, I'm great. Been, been, a, been a long time. Thank you so much for being with us here at Ladder and Proud Orlando. So, I'm trying to see. Can you, first of all, and most importantly, can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Awesome. We can hear you perfectly. Awesome. Thank you so much. We were able to definitely make that work. Thank you. Yeah. So, we have a game that it could be detrimental for Orlando. Um, you know, history in the making, as you say. Uh, Orlando City versus uh, Tigres. 
Tigres, uh, the second place of the Liga MX right now. Uh, Orlando City, you know, just came from uh, a draw against FC Cincinnati. Just started their season. Uh, you know, it's week two. Um, what are your expectations out of this game? Knowing the, the status of, of, of both teams right now. First of all, the physical aspect. I was at Bank of California Stadium this Saturday covering the game between LAFC and Portland. And Giorgio Kellini admitted that the physical aspect has a, an effect on the team's performance. And it is always the case when there is a game between Liga MX teams and, and Major League Soccer teams. Liga MX is on week 10. Tigres is doing pretty well. Orlando and the the rest of, of, of Major League Soccer teams are on week two. So... Let's see if that doesn't affect the final results. Uh, I was talking about you earlier about the fact of, that Guignac is injured. He hasn't been playing for the last two weeks. So the starting lineup is one with Guignac and one without Guignac. So even though Tigres is a really good team, you were mentioning the midfield with, with Guido Pizarro and Rafael Carioca, the guys that bring right. the, game, the power, the, 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 the physical aspect. Um, you know, uh, Tigres uh, has a lot of good power, but the, the Gignac factor is a big difference. So that and the physical aspect of Liga MX teams, not only on this game, but many others, can be a difference on, on the results of this of this leg. No, that's right. And um, I mean, uh, I don't know what the, the panel thinks. Uh, let's start with John. John, your expectations on this game coming up? Uh, I'm content if we drew. Like if we if we go out of uh, Monterrey with a draw, I, I'll be I'll be jumping. I'll be I'll be fine. I don't know what are your thoughts. Yeah, no one. I think there's very little expectation on Orlando, right? Like we've never been in the Champions League before. This is our first game, and we have a very very tough team to play in Tigres. So I think a lot of people are expecting us to go and probably lose at Tigres and then, you know, maybe try and get a win at home, but ultimately not go through. Um, and I think that if we can go there, we can get a draw at Tigres and then we can take that back home and use our home advantage and maybe get like a 2-1 win at home. That's how we get through this tie. If we go to Tigres and we lose 2-3-0, like, the home leg is, is over. We're not going to recover from that. So I think the most important thing is to go and like damage limitations, like maybe concede one goal and get out of there with a one, nothing loss. We can then turn that around at home. What you can't do is turn around a three, nothing loss in the second leg. So I think Poppy will be conservative and I think he will play a way that means that we can get out of there, hopefully with a drawer and at a very least, like a, a one nothing loss. So we have some uh, footage right here of Orlando actually arriving, Orlando, the team arriving to to La Sultana del Norte, uh, to the uh, actual airport. There you see Mikey, you see Dagger Dan, you see uh, also Thomas Williams. Uh, you got Jensen, you got all the whole crews here, even, even, Je even Lynn. Even Jacqueline is there, right? You got, you got, you got, you got uh, Mauricio Pereira with his pillow, right? Uh, That's important. That's important. They need to uh, rest well. <laughs> Sounds like a long trip. 
Yeah, it was a long trip. <laughs> and, you know, there you go. You see, uh, you know, I want to I give a, a shout-out to, to Jackie. Uh, she's there. You know, uh, that's Pedro right there. Communications is there, too. You know, it's a very important, it's a, it's a very important match. It's, it's the first time Orlando plays internationally. And it's, it's, it's history. It's the first time. So, you know, they're getting there in, in, in the bus. Right. Um, so let's read some comments. Is Hutch. It says, away goal rule still applies in CONCACAF? That's what it says. As far as I know, it does. Like, I haven't heard any changes about it. Now, this because is the last uh, year they play with, the, with, with this format, right? Uh, next year, they're going to be 27 teams. That's more soccer. Yes. Right. Go ahead, John. What were you going to say? Yeah, so that's something that they've changed in the European Champions League as well that will be coming into effect in the coming years. Essentially, what they're doing is they're making it one giant league. Instead of having divisional groups, eventually we'll just have one huge league and you play different teams within that league, just like the MLS works, but it'll be a, a Champions League group of teams. There you go. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be... Uh... It's going to be uh, 27 teams is a lot. That's just my opinion. I don't know. It's there, Yeah, there's even more in the European version. It's like 32 or something. So it, it makes this giant, uh, essentially just straight up league system where all you need to do is get a point or three points out of a game. And it just, at the end of that division, then they'll take the playoff teams and play a cup at the end of it. Very similar to the way the MLS works. So that's the reason they're adding more teams in is to have, you know, a larger league before they go into a cup system. Now, um, it seems Tigres is not holding back anything, right, Josue? Uh, they're playing, uh, they play against Necaxa. Uh, it was the last game, right? And uh, they, play, they play with, um, you know, a lineup that's going to be pretty similar to what they're going to play against Orlando, right? It is, it is pretty similar. It's going to be four on the back. Like I said, depending if Gignac plays or not. If Gignac plays, it's going to be uh, Nico Ibanez and Gignac together. The player that will be sacrificed is Sebastian Cordova. That is like, is your typical, uh, with all the respect, Mexican player that has that talent but doesn't show consistency. You will have uh, Rafael Carioca and Guido Pizarro on the, on the midfield. On, on the wings, you will have Gorriarán and, and, and Luis Quiñones yeah, nice. giving the deliveries. And Gorriarán is a player that, that gives you a lot of long-distance shooters. Tigres against Necaxa, uh, that team that is, is, is leaded by Chima Ruiz, he's uh, like an, a temporal uh, coach because Tigres is really surrounded by controversy. Like Diego Coca was there and now he's taking by the Mexican national team. So yeah. even, even if they don't have their best game, their individualities take them further. They didn't play that well against Necaxa. Correran took the ball from out to the area, and they scored, and it was well enough. Another aspect that I was analyzing and listening to, to media from, from Monterrey, when Tigres score, and that, this is very Tuca Ferretti philosophy, when Tigres score, <laughs> it's really hard for the opponent to score against them. They take the ball, and they take it away from you, and it's really hard to, to, to get it back because they have so much talent, both in, in the field and in, in, in the bench. One of the teams that brought more opposition against Tigres was 
Pumas. Really criticized because they haven't won a lot of games, but they have been performing really well. Well, the, the way that, that Pumas scored was through high pressure. Diego Reyes, Lipnowski, the defenders, Samir, the Brazilian defender, they are not the fastest players. So if you high pressure them, you might encounter a, a surprising goal. Nahuel Guzman is, is a really, really fun character, yeah. both inside and outside the field. He, like, seriously, I'm not exaggerating. He can be in a very uh, like risky position, and he can start dribbling the ball, diving, pushing players, arguing with the referee. So he can give you a really good save, but on the following play, he can he can try to dribble like a striker and lose the ball. So pressure Nahuel, make him nervous, and you might give him a yellow card and maybe down his performance. So Tigres... Is like uh is like the billion of Liga MX right now. High pressure them on 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 their defense, and you might encounter a goal a goal at El Volcan, which is, in my personal opinion, the best Mexican fan base of Liga MX. Both Tigres and Rayados are the most fashionable, savvy, and all of uh, and, and they hate each other about their teams. So yeah, that's that's what I what I think yeah. about what's gonna happen on the following days. And I, I want to say uh, to add to what Jose was uh, Josue was saying, then we'll go with with Paola. To me, the wings here are going to be key. Quinones and Guerrerán, they're players of a different speed. I will say Quinones. Um, you know, he kind of reminds me of a of a of a Di Maria. You know the way you know. he runs, uh, very vertical, very savvy, knows. Knows how to, you know, on the one v one, definitely beat you. Uh, he also loves to cut through the middle, so yeah. I would definitely, um, and, and I'm going to say, um, who are we going to put to stop them? You know, who's going to be a line of four, or are we going to do the line of three? I wouldn't do a line of three with this team right here. If you ask me. I don't know what Paula thinks about uh, what's coming up with Tigres and what you just heard about uh, what Josue said. Based on Josue analytics here, I will I will start now. Ivan Angulo, that's one of he he must start because if we need to high pressure this team to get a goal, I see Ramiro Enrique starting and Ivan Angulo. If Ramiro is one hundred percent, you know, healthy, we don't know that, but. Let's start Cara maybe, and then Ramiro fresh legs in the in the second half. But I'm afraid now if they score first in the first half, and then we lose the momentum, you know. So based on what Jose said, this is great, great info that we need to attack and be the protagonism first and high pressure all the time. So I I can see Ivan Angulo there and and Cesar Araujo too starting. So. I don't know about you, Luis. What about you, John? Uh, based on what Josue said. Now, uh, we're going to dive in, and if you want, we can start doing like a little lineup and see who, who we lined up. Let's start with Josue. Josue, for you, what will be the starting lineup tomorrow with Tigres? I have it right here on my iPad. I will have Nahuel Guzman on goalkeeper, obviously. Okay. Samir and Lipnowski on, on, the, on the defense. On the right backs, I will have Jesus Angulo and Jesus Garza, the two Jesus on the wings. Jesus Garza, uh, uh, an academy player, something that doesn't happen very often on Tigres. 
assuming that Guignac is not going to play. So it's going to be Garza. And who's your left back? Uh, Jesus Angulo. Oh, Angulo. Okay. Angulo. Coming from, from double champions Atlas. Assuming that Messier Guignac is not going to play, I will have uh, Rafael Carioca and, and, and Guido Pizarro giving the, the strain on the midfield. On the, on the attacking wings, I will have uh, Gorriarán giving more strength because he's a player that likes to play physics and, and Luis Quiñones. And on the, on the attack, I will have Jesus, um, Jesus um, Sebastián Córdoba playing like a, for, with freedom, kind of like an old-fashioned number 10, and Nico Ibáñez. And at one point of the, of the game, I see Diego Lainez entering either as a third attacker or, or as an, uh, an, an attacking midfield. So the so, is a really, really powerful team. So, so your, 10, your, your, your 10 will be who? Uh, Sebastián Córdoba. Córdoba, okay. Yeah. Uh, and then Ibanez will be your striker, right? Yeah. If Guignac doesn't play, it's Ibanez. If Guignac, oh. yeah. Then you move, you move Cordoba, and then you do Ibanez here and Guignac right there, and Guignac. then it'll be like a four-four-two in a way. Yeah, four-four-two. Guignac four. like a like a second striker doing the dirty work going down, and Nico Ibanez who likes to to enter through the first post as a as a solid number nine. Yes, that is correct. So it's really Guignac dependent. All right. So it'll be Guignac right here. Um, it'll be Guignac and then Ibanez. Mm-hmm. All right. There you go. So, I mean, now Orlando City. How do you stop the wings from Tigres, right? You have Angulo. He just won with Atlas. Uh, you have Quiñones. Gorrearian and Garza. So they have a connection between um, left back and right back and the wings. They have a they have a deep connection and that's where their soccer comes from. You don't see Tigres uh, you know passing the ball like we do like eight hundred times. Right? They 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 are more vertical. Now uh, John, uh, what will be your, your, your back four, starting with the keeper? And then we'll go with Paola, see if she'll make any changes to your lineup. And we'll go with, with Kelese, of course. El Pupo will hopefully have some big saves like he did against Cincy. And oh. then I'll go with uh, Mikey Halliday at right back. Okay. And then next to him, I would, I would go with Schlegel. I think just because... Champions League. We're not quite AC back yet. Jansen next to him. Oh. Yeah, the other way. That's the way. Yeah. And then yeah. um I would love AC to be back, but I think it's it's unrealistic. Yeah, it's and unrealistic. Salim yeah. Salim had a great game, but he's not ready for a game like this. And yeah. Petrasso, I think, will be in that left back spot because he, he showed a really good game against um the opener against New England, sorry, against New York. So I think that'll be our back four. Now, when it comes to the mid, what would you do in the mid? In the mid, this is the thing. You asking what I would do or what I think Poppy's going to do? Because what I think Poppy's going to do is play. 
I mean, we could do what you want to do first, and and then and then we'll do another one with with what Poppy was going to do. What I want to do is play some more defensive infielders. Like I want to play. I agree. I mean, sorry. I want to play Arujo and Cartagena there, and then I want to play Mauricio up at the ten, or or even don't play Mauricio at all. I play Ojeda at the ten and play Torres on the right and Angulo on the left. And then I would play Enrique as a starter because I agree with Paula that we need someone who's going to run at their back line. And Nicaro shows that he's not willing to do that. So that would be my starting 11. I don't think that's what Poppy's going to do at all. And I think uh, Paula probably has some idea about what she would like to see. But I think she agrees that it's probably not what we're going to see from uh, from Oscar. So this is what um, John would, would, would line up. Um, I do agree on two two defensive midfielders. That's just my opinion. Uh, what changes would you make, Paola, out of, out of this uh, squad, Orlando City squad? Just to be, you know, that person. Because ah, I like Cartagena Araujo on the middle because we need to defend. We need to stop this this team to score score first. And I know that no, 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 you know, blaming Pereira or anything, but if we want to see Pereira's old passes, he needs to start as a 10. So, or he might be on the bench. I know that Ojeda for a fact, he's going to start because he just come from the Argentinian league. He knows he's used to this type of, you know, games with this atmosphere because this atmosphere tomorrow is going to be blown away. It's more, it's a lot of mentality and the connections between them and the field. So you got me there, Luis. I, I like this starting lineup. I wouldn't change it. I will, if I, if I played this, I would change Ojeda. But at the same time, I like those midfielders, Cartagena and Araujo. And if Cartagena plays like he played last Saturday, tomorrow and Araujo that will be perfect. So I can see Ojeda there on the 10 and then Pereira coming as a sub. So that's our, you know, that's that's my mentality. Probably Papi will, you know, shuffle it because we haven't been, you know, certain on our on our formation because he has been shuffling around and we say, oh, three in the back and then oh, four in the back. So I like this formation. I don't know. All right. Um, okay, so I think uh, that's a great assessment. Uh, I would, based on what uh, Josue said, and then we'll have Josue also dive in on if he will make any changes to this Orlando City or, or how can Orlando City stop Tigres um, having both lineups together. And then we'll do what Papi would do too after that. I would go take a little further. Um, I want to play defensively. I think I wouldn't move Cartagena and Araujo. Um, and I would actually have Torres here. Um, I would, uh, in a way, call me crazy. Um, but, you know, this is what I would do um, with Angulo as a... Now, this is the thing, too. Um, this Tigres side is going to trash talk you. And so Angulo needs to be ready. I mean, if you look at Orlando City and the teams that they've uh, faced, um, and a lot of the, a lot of the, I will say the Latinos out of this group, they have not been trash talked since they arrived to the league. 
because back home in Paraguay, in Uruguay, in Argentina, in Colombia, it's typical the trash talking is normal. In the MLS, like, because I've been at the games, it's it's like you go 1v1 and you hear no trash talk. Like, it's very clean. Uh, and, and I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. I'm just saying it's a, a mental game, too. And the back four here, like Garza and Angulo and, and you know, and Samir, like, they, they like to trash talk. So Angulo needs to be ready to be that player, right? So I will have Torres. Why Torres? Because, you know, Jose, Jose was saying, right, if, if, if speed, right? If you catch him w with speed and, and knowing how to pressure, uh, they're going to give in. And if we put Torres right here with Ramiro, they will be probably faster than having Ojeda. Right now, to me, Ojeda has not shown uh, that, that ability to press the ball. I, I don't know, but that's just my opinion. I would actually um, go with, I will do this change right here, and I would do Angulo, and then I would do Gaston. I'll put Gaston right here because I know I, I know what can Gaston can do uh, when it comes to uh, he's a more of a defensive minded uh, left wing in my opinion. He he loves to track back. We've seen him track back, help out the mid, and I think uh, to me this would be a, a lineup that that I would probably go for. But I know uh, Oscar is the coach, so I don't know if he will go go for that. Um, so now John. Why would why would Oscar would put in on the on the field? I think I think that back four and defense is is Oscar's. I think that's yeah. what he will yeah. also do. I think the difference is he'll stick with Mauricio in that midfield position next to Rajo. I think mm -hmm. there is a chance that we see an even different formation that we see the four three three like we played last year, where maybe he sits Arugo a little deeper in defensive midfield. And plays, you know, Petrasso, sorry, um, Perea and maybe Dagger Dan next to him. I could see that happening. Uh, but I think Pereira for Oscar is going to be on the field where, you know, what formation we play depends. I also think Carr will be on the field. I think he's, like Paula said, he's going to play his best guys. And he still sees those, whether they're in form or not. He sees Carr as his number one striker, and he sees Pereira as one of the best, you know, passers in the game. So, so we're gonna see this right here. I think we're gonna see that most likely. I would agree with you though that perhaps we should see Torres in the middle and Ojeda out on the wing, mainly because we haven't seen either of them really get going yeah. this year. So maybe switching their positions could be what they need. Maybe. You know, Ojeda is more used to being out on the wing and cutting inside, and we need to let him do that. And Torres is more flexible and can play that central attacking midfield position a bit easier. Um, so, but this is, throw, is what I think Papi will do. And if they watch tape, I don't know, Paola, but it will throw him off too. Yeah, right? absolutely. Absolutely. Ojeda and Torres can switch all the time. We saw it last, last year with Urso when he was playing in the wing and Torres in the middle, and then they were switching, and then the defense was like, what's going on? What's, what's happening? So maybe we can see that tomorrow. Um, this is the beauty of having a great bench players this year. Last year, we didn't have that. This year, we have that type of player in the bench that 
everybody's fighting for a position. So we're in a good spot. It's like uh, in the middle, right? Like, what should I, what should I do, or how the formation is going to start? That's that's positive things for Orlando. So let's see. Last year, we like John said in the beginning of the episode. Most likely, we saw the same formation every single time. This year, tomorrow we're gonna see a different formation, and probably it's not gonna be near or half of the players there but i'm curious um i didn't have expectations for this game for tomorrow but after what i saw on saturday i i have high expectations like if we have a tie perfect if we have zero zero that's fine but i just want to see them you know success tomorrow succeed in Kara. like if Kara can put a goal tomorrow that will be fantastic too yeah that, i don't know I mean, if I'm... like like i said if, if he scores a brace everyone's gonna be like he's yeah. got his celebration probably he's gonna yeah, be like yeah, that Yeah, he's gonna be like like ronaldo <laughs> right Oh, no, no. So now wait, that's LeBron James. LeBron James. LeBron James. <laughs> oh uh, yeah, that's LeBron. Yeah, yeah. So Josue, now you see now the the lineup for Orlando City. This is probably what Pareja is going to throw to you. That you obviously you're also an MLS. You cover LAFC, uh, and, and you follow the MLS closely, and you you you've seen how Orlando has played your LAFC. What are some of the traits that you would say this Orlando team has to possibly win, win this? You know, uh, what would have, you like to see out of this Orlando City team? Have your most talented player touch the ball very often? Because Rafael Carioca and Gil Pizarro, if, if, if these players are busy on their on their own area, Orlando has a possibility to, to earn a goal because these players like to be physical and if you can get a yellow card from either either one of those players, that will be very favorable for, for Orlando City. I mentioned earlier the, the high pressure with Nahuel Guzman that is very, you know, he can take a lot of risks and, and it, it happens very often. He can save a game, but he can also ruin it. So high pressure on him and his defenders that are, are very physical. They have a lot of strength and talent, but they are not the fastest. So so I will I will try to run and have talent to make the difference for, for the Orlando attack. Maybe I'm asking too much, but try not to have Cordova, Cordova and Orgignac, if, if either of them play, not touch the ball. If Diego Lainez enters, try not, like, if he takes the ball right from his back, try not having him, like, turn around. And, and he's a player that he's really talented, but when he, he takes the ball, he doesn't look up. Diego Lainez reminds me of, of when I took soccer classes in Mexico. They always tell us, look up, look up, look straight, look in the front. And Diego Lainez is always like this, looking down. And that's what, <laughs> that's what has avoided him. Be, that's uh, why he's not in uh, Europe. Sorry. That's why he's not in Europe. That's why he's not in Europe, and and that's why he was not in the World Cup. That's another topic for for another podcast. But yeah, so if you have blindness taking the ball out of him quickly, that you can succeed in that. Cordoba is not very consistent in case he enters or 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 that. And you know, Javier Aquino, if he enters, he has a short temper. So try to get yellow cards from them. If there's gonna be a trash a trash battle, 
try to be the winners with yellow cards for, for the So opponent. what Josue is saying, guys, and we've said this in this podcast several times, the freaking set pieces, my friend. We are probably one of the teams that has the opportunity to really piss, piss, piss Tigres off just by touching the ball, making it uncomfortable for them, and they're going to lose it. Yellow card, free kick. Number one, who shoots the free kick? And I know uh, right here Brendan is saying, you know, uh, I think Torres will be the best option for corner kicks. Mr. J. Santos, who's taking the free kicks for Orlando, right? Hutch is saying, I didn't realize Lainez was on their team. Nice option to have despite his recent struggles. <laughs> he hasn't right. played very often, so you're, you're good. Yeah. Says he may not have the height, but he has proven time and time again he has accuracy. Um, now, who takes the free kicks? I know for a fact Mauricio Pereira is going to take some of the free kicks. Now, uh, does he have to? No. Now, can, do we have to take advantage of those set pieces? I hope Pareja has practiced that on 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 their on their practice because. I mean, it is possible that's going to be a, a good resort for, for Orlando City. I don't know. What are your thoughts there, John? I think that I wouldn't, I don't really want Pereira taking the free kicks. I think if anybody, yeah. he's, he's shown that, you know, maybe it's not for him. I think Torres definitely, oh, Ojeda, I know, scores free kicks back in Argentina. Also, Dagger Dan has known to score a few free kicks. So we, we've got options on the field. Um, I'm just hoping that. Ojeda or Torres over Pereira for me. I think they've got more skill on the dead ball and more of a chance. I also think um, corners are a big opportunity for us that we're not making any any headway at the moment. When Kara is on the field, that's a huge advantage. You know, he should be up there trying to win that ball, trying to get that. Jansen is just as capable. Schlegel also, you know, all of these guys, we have aerial threats. So if we can get a good ball in the box off of a set piece, like you said, that might be the way that we can, you know, sneak a goal against. That's right. That's right. Um, Paola, um, did you agree? Maybe Facundo, maybe Cesar. Cesar Rajo has had some shots from distance uh, last season. Uh, uh, you know, even Jansen. Jansen. Jansen, right. I think he... I, I'm not going to say he might goal tomorrow, have a goal tomorrow, but he's... He's a, a threat. Like he can run down the field, midfield, and shoot. Um, I would like to see Ojeda having free kicks because he's a lefty and Torres too. So I don't want to see more Pereira because um, he's this close. But I want to see it in the net, not you know tackled by the bar like the the um. Or or the, the the goalie. So I I'm going for Ojeda or Torres on there. I'm gonna ask uh, Josue right here. Our coach has a a tendency of minute minute seventy five nil nil. In this scenario, it's perfect to park the bus. It's perfect. Seventy fifth minute nil nil. I'll freaking park the bus. I don't care. Call me anti-football, anti-soccer. You know, what are you doing? I will park the bus against Tigres to get that at least a draw result. Do you think, because Tigres has been a team that has broken that. You know, they, they've, they've, they've actually scored last-minute goals. Um, 
do you think that's a good strategy for Orlando parking the bus at a certain time, maybe minute 70, 75? And maybe if, if, if it is zero zero, yes, it is good to park the bus because one of Tigres' uh, strengths as well is counter attack. Guignac made one of the best goals, and I will say in, in, in Liga MX history, if you had a chance, go to YouTube, put Guignac Pumas 2023, one of the best goals in, in Liga MX history, in, in my personal and many opinions. So, so trying to avoid Tigres to counter attack. Yes, I will park the boss, and I that will be no Tigres is a team that doesn't like losing. That it it's has a show. They are so used to winning that when they are in a situation when they are not go, it is not going well for them. They they're not used to it, and they they can commit a lot of fouls. So parking the bus can be a good option in that regard. So they so they don't attack with a counter attack as well. That's right. That's right. Well. Um... Let's read some more comments here. Let's see. He says, uh, no, no. I, I want to tell everyone, join our Discord server. We're about 20 people live right now. Thank you so much for your support. Uh, it's free to join our Discord server. The link's right on the comment box. Uh, if you want to get to chat with us, you know, if you want to give a shout out, um, we can give you a shout out at the, uh, at the next show. So um, uh, I think, uh, John, you had a question for, for, for Josue. Well, I was going to answer a question that the BW Hut chat there about the uh, away oh, goal well. rule, and I think that's um, that's key to what Josue was saying as well. And the parking the bus is that it does apply. So tomorrow, for me, the big thing is not conceding too many goals. If we lose by one goal, we can turn that around. If we lose, you know, if we can see three goals, yeah, you know, it makes it very very hard next week when we come back to explore a stadium. So the key here is getting through this with, you know, obviously we want to win, but getting through with a tie or minimal amount of goals conceded would set us up nicely for a home leg. That's right. That's right. And so uh, let's uh, talk a little bit about uh, scores. Um, Josue, what do you think the score is going to be coming tomorrow? Oh, hold on, hold on. Let me. There you go. There you go. I can hear you now. Okay. My apologies to your audience. I think it's gonna be Tigres one zero. When Tigres score once or twice, they tend to park the bus as well. So I, I see Tigres winning one to zero. Well, what about you, uh, Paola? Your score for tomorrow. It's a tough one. Um, let's say one one. One one. All right. What about you, John? I think there's a, a lot of similarities between the way Tigres are playing and the way they lay out their team and the way that the Rebels play and the way that they laid out their team. So based on that, I think we're going to win one nothing with a, with a penalty to Fernando Torres. So, but no, I think that the fact that they press, I think we're going to see a similar situation to the Rebels where we're not able to really play our own attacking way. And so it's going to be a very scrappy game, and I'm going to go with I'm going to go with one nil to Orlando City. I think we're going to I think we're going to steal a goal somehow. I'm being optimistic, which is rare for me. I'm usually the pessimistic one, so that's a good sign. All right, so I'm I'm going to I'm going to be the the very optimistic person. I think tomorrow Orlando City wins two nil. Um, and I'm going to make it, and I'm going to say, Pedro Alese, 
gets on the penalty spot and saves Orlando from impending doom with a penalty kick save. If I get this right tomorrow, guys, I don't know, man. I might have to go and play the lotto, you know, but I'm just saying, I mean, uh, th- that would be like the cherry on the cake. Knocking hey, down, you know, going, up, going back to Explorer with two goals up. Hey, um, th- the real question is, would pink or black kit for Galese tomorrow? I think it's going to be black. You're, you think there's going to be black? Okay. Yeah. Everybody wants Not that pink. pink kit, though. Everybody it's was fire. talking about the pink. And I think it has superpowers because he stopped a lot of, you know, yeah. goals on hey, Saturday. We'll but we see. Uh, let's see. But no, he's no. coming hot. I'm gonna That's add, what I'm going to say. I, I'm going to add one more thing about Galese coming to Mexico. Galese in Mexico was, in Spanish, ninguneado. He was literally put on the shelf and said, you're not good enough. That's what they said to, in, in his former team, Tiburones de Veracruz, which doesn't longer exist. In my opinion. So they, they, they put him on the shelf, told him, you're not good enough. So Galese, even though he says he doesn't, I know for a fact because I'm Peruvian too. And I can definitely see a little bit of like, you know what? I'm going to have the best game of my career today. I'm going to stop everything, you know, because I want to show these this league that told me I couldn't do it. Look how good I'm doing it right now with Orlando, you know, you know, and, um, and by eliminating a top contender. Now, my, the question I asked Josue, let's say Orlando puts the miracle. Virgen de Guadalupe shows up, right, for Orlando. Orlando wins the series. Now, do you see any hope moving? Uh, you're eliminating Tigres. To me, the contender of the whole cup, right? Yes. I mean, is, is it okay to dream if Orlando knocks them out? Dream doesn't have any price. If you eliminate a top contender, of course, the momentum is going to be great. But you have other other teams like Pachuca that is doing pretty well. You know, two of the best players in the World Cup from Mexico were Luis Chavez and Kevin Alvarez. You know, they are like academy players, something that we don't often see in Mexican soccer. So, yeah, it is okay to dream if you beat Tigres, which I can add into that. It would be a big scandal in Monterrey Press if Tigres lose against a major league soccer team because, as you said, Pedro Galese was looked like he was, like you said, ninguneado. I don't have the translation either. In Veracruz, he was not even getting paid because Veracruz have a lot of trouble with their players not getting paid. Yeah. The team doesn't exist anymore. So now having Pedro Galese, first of all, getting paid on a professional league with a professional proper team that it's it's great for him great news so yeah i if, if the miracle happens it is okay to dream and it will be a, a great momentum for orlando to go further in this in this tournament hoping that it, they don't find another uh league imx teams now you league. mentioned uh, before going to paula you mentioned um lafc right to to avenge lafc Orlando to avenge LAFC. We can raise our hands like in Dragon Ball. You can pass us your power. Right? I mean, right? I mean, you were mentioning that off the record when we were talking in the afternoon, right? Mm-hmm. About LAFC. If you can tell us about that. 
But LAFC, well, Pachuca took away Chicho Arango, our best striker. So he's going to be missed. But uh, there is a really interesting dynamic between the three attackers. Carlos Vela, one of the best players in MLS uh, history, in my whole opinion. Danny Buanga, who came in September and, and has impacted pretty well. And Mahara Opoku, who, who scored this weekend. You have a solid midfield with Ilya Sanchez, Kelly Acosta, uh, a U.S. national team player. And, the, oh, and of course, the Ecuador, Ecuadorian... Uh, Sebastián Méndez. No, 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 Sebastián Méndez, not anymore. Uh, Jose Cifuentes. Ah, Cifuentes. And on, defense, yeah. and on defense, there is a lot of doubt. Ryan Holmes and Diego Palacios are good, but Giorgio Chiellini gives a lot of leadership, a lot of, like, a lot of talent. He, he scored this weekend. He was really happy about it. Jesus Murillo might be the weakness in the regard. He can give you good games. He scored in the final against Philadelphia. That was really surprising. He gives you ups and downs, but he, the one, scored against Philadelphia. That was really surprising. And in the goalkeeper, you have John McCarthy. You know, everyone saw what happened with Maxim Kripal and then McCarthy coming in. So things look bright. I have my question marks on 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 the on defense because Giorgio is not getting any younger. Jesus Murillo has his ups and downs. We just got right. Aaron Long, a former national team, uh, a yeah. former a national team player. So let's see what the LAFC does against. Do, do you do, do you think uh, Orlando will avenge LAFC because you know LA, uh, LAFC lost two against Tigres, right? Yes, in the final, and it was in Orlando actually. It was in, in, in the Exploria uh, Stadium. Yeah. So. So yeah, it, it can happen. It will be interesting to see these teams go against each other. What, what about Paola? What are your your hopes and expectations for this for this uh, match coming up? I mean, what would you do if we win? What I oh, I don't know. Like it, it's a lot of hope. Tomorrow I will TikTok. be like, if you do a TikTok, I will I will do a TikTok <laughs> and upload it for LPO and for my podcast too. And Tomorrow I will be the mentality of Ted Lasso. Believe. Yeah, That's all I'm, I need to say. I know that I say 1-1, but in the bottom of my heart, I want them to win. And because you want to see your, your team succeed. Like that's the that's the reality. So believe tomorrow I'm gonna put it in my background in the in the um at work and everything. Believe. Tomorrow, purple Tuesday, believe mode. So tomorrow, I want to let everyone know we. I might be doing a a little post game. I don't know if you guys are are up to doing it. If you guys are up, but uh, I may be on my other show. But I may simultaneously stream it. It's gonna be a crazy feat. But if I if I make it work, oh there you yeah, go. There you go. There you go. <laughs> That's if a good I make it work, batter. Send it to us, Josue. Yeah, yeah. Carlos is three one. Uh, Orlando. There you go. What are your expectations there, um, John? I mean, honestly, I mean, what would you do if we? I mean, look what you've been for the very beginning for this club. You imagine? Yeah, I mean, for me, that's the big thing. I wrote down. It's huge, dude. I wrote down literally. This is huge. Take, (laughs) Take a moment to enjoy it. Like for real. Like I, I remember the days. I remember when this club was first founded at a kitchen table. I remember our very first training session, the first games, every milestone that we've been through. And this is one that I always thought, like, imagine one day we're playing in the Champions League. And this, you know, we're here. It's arrived. 
just like the win of the Open Cup, this is a massive milestone for a club that's really only been around for 10 years. So Tigres have been playing in the Champions League for I don't know how long, way longer than we've even been in a club. They've been one of the teams that have won the most Champions League. Exactly. So this is where I'm saying, you know, enjoy it. It might not go how we think, but we're in the Champions League. Just enjoy that for a second. Don't don't let the result be everything. Think about the bigger picture of where we're going this year. Um, But really, if we we win, I'll I'll be – I don't even know. I don't know how I'll – I'll just – I'll be worried about next week. If we win, I'll be like, we're going to throw it away at home. So that's the way my brain works. Sadly. That's right. That's right. Um, you know, I'm very optimistic. I know I want to thank Josue for being here with us today. It won't be the last time that he's here with us because he covers so many teams. I want to thank uh, also I want to show you guys his, his outlet. And I also want you guys to definitely uh, check him out. I'm going to go into Instagram and pull it up. Um, it's called Tertulia, right? Uh, ter, tertulia Deportes. Tertulia Deportiva. All about LAFC and uh, Liga MX right here. You can check them out on Twitter. Uh, sorry, on Instagram right here. Tertulia Deep. Uh, follow him as well. He's with Area Sports. I think a lot of people know who Area Sports is. So you can check him out. All his stuff too is here on Area Sports Network here on on Instagram. You can check him out there. I want to, you know, definitely thank uh, uh, Josue for being here with us today. Um, definitely, uh, you know, you know, we used to cover. Uh, I used to cover Orlando, and now he used to cover LAFC. But now, uh, you know, life uh, brings us back. Uh, I appreciate uh, appreciate you, my friend. Uh, I know you'll be back uh, with with you know when we have to talk about LAFC against Orlando. Hopefully, we face each other. Uh, but, yeah, uh, yeah. But uh, anything, any last words you want to say before we close, Josue? If you're Orlando, don't let Tigres players get into your head. Be calm, be cautious. They're gonna be the the one doing the trash talking. You know, be calm. Let them get the yellow cards. Let them be on the urgency position. That in that way you might encounter a, a positive result from Melbourne. Definitely. And before before I close, uh, I want to mention there's going to be a second show for LPO before the game in DC. Um, the best way to keep in touch with us is through our social media accounts. We're going to be announcing it. When is it going to be? Uh, also, uh, again, uh, join our Discord server. Uh, that's where we throw when we're going to be live and all of that good stuff as well. Um, give me one second. Um, you know, I'm going to send it right. I'm going to put it right here in the comment section. Uh, one second. There you go. It's right there on the comment section. You guys can join. It's completely free to join. Um, and then we'll, we'll be posting when we're going to be doing a, a preview of the DC game. And then I'll be at the DC game. Well, I, I won't be at the DC game, but I'll be at the press conference uh, through, through zoom. Uh, but we we'll definitely will be um, back on next week, Wednesday and Saturday, that Orlando plays um, back at home against Charlotte. So uh, anything last you want to say, uh, Paola, before we close? Yes, for my followers in Tiro de Esquina podcast tomorrow, we're not going to record because it's Tigres time. Tomorrow we have we need our energies to support Orlando City. So expect that episode on Wednesday. 
analyzing what happened with Tigres and Cincinnati as well. So thank you for your support. There you go. Follow us on Twitter, um, YouTube, and Instagram, Tiro de Esquina underscore OC. There you go. I appreciate it, Paola. John, last words? Nothing for me. Just go Orlando City and we're a Champions League team, baby. This is here. The dream is there arrived. There you go. Vamos Orlando. See you guys. Vamos Orlando. Have a, have a wonderful night. Yep. Hi, this is Luis Carlos Pineda from Loud and Proud Orlando. I want to thank you for listening to us through Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Help us grow our purple community by following us on all our social media outlets. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We're also available on YouTube as Loud and Proud Orlando. We're available on Instagram as Pineda underscore ORL. We're available on Facebook as Loud and Proud Orlando. And on Twitter, as LPO underscore podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And vamos Orlando.